World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, I'm sending something to to Spencer right now. Uh, Spencer, if you can, I just emailed that to you. Maybe you can get that picture. Maybe you can get that picture ready for me today. And while you're getting that picture ready for me, I want you to pull up. You're doing two things there. Pull up what Myra just read to us because I want to. I want to go there a second. Want to go there a second. Uh, Myra read to us from. Pardon me, I don't know where it is off the top of my head. What was it you read this morning, Myra? Um, I read. It was um, Romans eight. Thank Romans eight thirty five to okay. thirty nine. Stay with me a minute, folks. I'm going to show you something in here that, as I was as she was reading this, uh, this is all. This always, you know, the Bible. If if, oh my goodness, if I could go back and if I could go back, one of the things I could change about um, the Bible. No, no, about me and the Bible. As I'd love to go back, wipe the slate clean, wipe everything off, get a big eraser like you did when you're in second grade and you had that big old chalkboard up in front there. You guys know what that was, that dust would all fly. I'd love to get an eraser, and I would love to erase everything I learned about Christianity up until about 10 years ago. You know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> because, as, again, I don't care who you are, friends. When, when someone's sharing the gospel with you, you are getting somebody's interpretation of what they just read. Lord, we just pray that your anointing be with us today. The words of our lip, meditation, our heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen, amen, amen. So we get preconceived notions about certain things. And as uh, we've discussed on the show before, the idea of a first truth, something that you grab a hold of at the very beginning, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, or whatever it might be. Those first truths are really, really hard to shake. I'm here from the government, I'm from the government, I'm here to help, right? <laughs> right? Those truths are, it's hard, it's hard for us to admit that maybe our government isn't here to help us. That's, that's a frightening thing. And maybe it's a frightening thing to find out that even though God's in control of everything, he doesn't control everything. Say that again. Even though he is in control of everything, he doesn't control it. God's not a micromanager. That's the power of uh, free choice, free, free will. I get to choose. Choose you this day, whom you'll serve. Choose. It's all choices. Every everything we do throughout the course of the day is a choice. It's a choice. And uh, so much, you know, so many different. Inter- Look, we all get. All of us get. I believe all of us do. Get individual. What's the word I'm looking for? They get individual. Um, the word becomes real to us at different times of different things. They get an epiphany. Say, oh. Oh, I never, I never looked at it that way. I think that happens to us a lot. And um, people will say, "Hey, I can't get in there. What's what's going on? Hey, I can't get in there. Good morning. I can't get in on the computer, huh?" Well, oh, and it, so uh, 
different, uh, not epiphanies. Anyway, things become real. When they become real to you, you never let go of that. You never let go of, the, of that truth that happened. That, that old song we played a couple of weeks ago, I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. And I would say to those out there, look, I, look, I don't care. This is a theology-free area. That's why I love it, right? Uh, there, there's some people in here. Are you, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. There's some people in here who speak in tongues. Sorry. There are. And there are some people in here who think speaking in tongues is of the devil. Sorry, there is, right? And there are people in here who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And there are people in here who have never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And there are people in here who've walked in the power of God. And there are people in here who are looking for the power of God. And shame on us for any one of us to think that we actually, we got we got our arms around the whole thing. We, we got it all figured out. The rest of y'all, you don't all quite have it all figured out yet. You hang around here, and we'll help you all get it figured out. So, uh, so Coach, what are you saying? I want to go back to uh, something that uh, Myra read this morning. I always found this really, really interesting. Ready? Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God, love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, watch this. He asks us, who shall separate us from the love of God, love of Christ? And then he mentions things that aren't whose. Tribulation? Is that a who, Ray? Is tribulation a who? Is distress a who? Is persecution a who? Is famine a who? Is nakedness a who? Is peril a who or sword? Is that a who? Who shall separate us from the love of God? And then he mentions things that aren't whose. I thought, that's kind of odd, Lord. It's kind of odd. Why is that, Lord? And I didn't get a personal revelation, but I said, well, could it be that tribulation comes through whose? Tribulation comes through people? Distress comes through people? Anybody, anybody, amen, picking up what I'm saying yet? That persecution comes through people? It comes through whose? <laughs> Who? Who? Not what? Who? The famine comes through who? See, when we think of famine, we think of food. But there's famine for a lot of things. There's a famine for hope. There's a famine for encouragement. There's a famine for the word. There's fam- famine means, put that up there, Spencer, real quick. What is a famine? What is famine? Famine is what? Scarcity of food, dearth, general want of provisions sufficient for the inhabitants of a country or a besieged place. Want, destitute. So a famine is a desire, a want, a need, right? And so these things come through us through people. And they come to us through people because why? People are sinful and selfish. I'm going to get into the seven deadly sins here a minute, right? So go back to the Romans. Who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Then it gives us all these wants, right? As it's written, for thy sake we're killed all day long. We're counted sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things. In what? Tribulation. In distress. In persecution. In famine. In nakedness. In peril. In sword. In the midst of all that stuff that's coming at you, we're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. 
We're above it all, for I'm persuaded in neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. will be able to separate me from the love of Christ, love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, I think it says, right? So, Coach, what are you saying? I'm saying we don't understand the importance, all of us, and the scripture says to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity the obedience of Christ. We don't, we don't understand that very basic truism of Christianity. That Christianity is supposed to empower us to have victory of, over all of these things that are weighing us down. We're supposed to have victory over it. It says, now for your sake, we're killed all day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Counted by who? Sheep for the slaughter. By the wicked one, the evil one. But he says, no, in all, in, in all these things. Not from all these things are we protected, but in the midst of all these things, we're more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Those that are in Christ Jesus. So rather than sitting around saying, oh me and oh my, why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? I've been so faithful to you, Lord. Yeah, I'm, I know, dude, I don't get it either. I don't get it either. But I, I, I went into the children's hospital. Our granddaughter, uh, little Scarlet's back in the hospital with, with some pneumonia. I spent nine days, nine hours with her yesterday in the hospital. But the, the most sobering thing that I thought about was when I walked through the halls of children's hospital in the, uh, what's, what's it called? Critical care unit. Is that, is that what they call Intensive care, which Scarlett is. She's okay. She's not, she's not, she's okay. But when I walked through the intensive care unit and I was stuck in my head, walked around, looked at the rooms. You see, when you walk in the intensive care, the doors are pretty much open. They do close them, but they leave them open. I walked by there and I just stopped and I looked in those rooms. Those precious little children laying in there connected to tubes. And it would be possible if you let it say, where the hell are you, God? Where the hell are you? That you let that little baby lay there and suffer like that and those parents go through that? But see, it's the result of a fallen world. It's the result of a fallen world. And I thought, if I wasn't, I was sitting in the room with Scarlett, maybe I'll go back. It's a problem not today, but do you know what I ought to do? I thought about this, all of us. I thought I ought to go into children's hospital, which you can't even get in. You got to get a badge to get up in their intensive care. What a mission field I saw yesterday. What a mission field. Because I can promise you this, every one of those mommies and daddies in every one of the rooms with one of those tiny little babies laying with tubes coming out of them, everyone, in the intensive care unit. Do you have any idea how open they would be to the gospel? Any idea? Amen. Just to be able to walk in the room. See, they don't know the Lord, but they're reaching out for something so much bigger than themselves. That precious little child laying there. Throw my throw the picture up of my little granddaughter, if you would. Look at that mask she has to wear. Look at that. I sat there for nine hours yesterday and tried to comfort her, knowing this, that she's going to be okay. And how many of those other children in that 
where the place was packed. The place was packed. They, she had to sit for 12 hours in the emergency room because they didn't have a room to take her up to in the urgent care. And they didn't have a room. She sat in the emergency room. So we finally got a bed yesterday morning about, I don't know, must have been about 10 o'clock. I left. Right, right, anyway, hey, look, I'm not, let's understand this. I'm not here. I don't want you to feel sorry for me because we're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Neither death nor life. There isn't anything that the enemy can do that is going to steal what the Lord has in store for those who love him. He's not going, they're not going to be able to do it. But I can tell you this. There are a lot of people on that floor who are wondering, where is God? How can, how can this happen to my baby? How could this possibly happen to my little baby? There before the grace of God go I, right? That's right, Bob. They pump it full of poison as soon as they're as soon as they're born. They stuff we allow to go on. So I was in there nine hours uh, yesterday with with my little granddaughter, and uh, praying for her and holding her. And she'll uh, she's okay. She has pneumonia. They're, they're they're knocking it down and and all that kind of stuff. But I, just just think, just just look around you, all of us. Look around us ourselves at those who are in dire situations and don't know Christ. What, what, that, what that should be, what that would be like. Fields are white under harvest. I mean, we've been really good about religion, and we've been really good about uh, personal holiness. We've been really, really good about that, but, you know, we're really missing, missing a lot that's right in front of us. I don't know why I said that other than just... Uh, a lot of hurting people out there, and a lot of people out there that don't know the Lord. And I don't know why I don't know why little Scarlet's back in the hospital. I don't know, but I trust the Lord. My faith isn't going to waver. Michelle's faith isn't going to waver. You guys are dealing with it too, right? You got you're dealing in your own lives. And the question comes back to what Myra read this morning: Who can separate us from the love of God? And it's not who; it's things. It's things that separate us from the love of God. And I'm, I'm going to weave here in a second into uh, uh, something I think is, is, is important. Nobody was letting me join. Well, yeah, Michelle, I'm, I'm noticing that, Spencer. Michelle just came down and said, I can't get in the queue. And I'm looking, and we don't have as many people in here as normal. So something, something going on. Yeah, Coach, I, Coach, I just got in, and okay. Michelle All right. text. She was having the same issue, but, I, but it did just let me in. Yeah, so I, I'm not, you know, so something's going on. <laughs> I just got into, it's Good. strange. Yeah, well, I know it's all blown up on my text messages. What's going on, Gigan? I'm, yeah, well, we're here now. We're here now. And uh, who can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus? What a powerful, powerful, what a powerful statement that is. Who? And then see, pull that back up there, Spence. Pull that who back up because I want you. I want you. I want you to learn something here. That sounded. That sounded awful. Pull that Romans back up if you could, Spence. Go see. All right, there it is. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine. Those are conditions that come through people. Yet that's the point I'm trying to make to you, right? And who shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ? Nobody. The only one to separate you from the love of Christ is you. If you do it. And in all these things, in them, in them, in order to be a conqueror, you have to be in them. In 
all these things in persecution and tribulation and distress and famine. See, there's no victory if there's no battle. So I want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through, the Bible says you're going through it. <laughs> you're going through it. Buckle up, hold on. You're going through it. Be encouraged today. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy huh? victory? There isn't any. And don't let the devil, don't let the devil steal your joy. Come on in, Mel. Yeah, Mr. Producer, if you pull up the Liberty Action Network, um, this is a little bit different of an action than we've done before. Last year, go ahead and scroll down to the actions if you would. Last year, um, Jim Harrison with the Natural Family Foundation started an effort to create Natural Family Month between Mother's Day and Father's Day. So, you know, we just celebrated Mother's Day this past Sunday. So if you go ahead and click on that, um, Spencer, right now I'm really kind of just announcing it. I put up some Bible verses with it. Um, I don't really have a clear action on what we should do. I would love if anybody has some ideas on what we could do to really help, you know, push this idea out of a natural family month. I mean, there are months that are celebrated for all different kinds of horrible Luciferian things, but this is an amazing time between Mother's Day and Father's Day to really promote the idea of a natural family. So I just wanted to bring this month to your attention. And if anybody has any ideas on what we can do to really, you know, have kind of a targeted action for this, uh, for this month, I would love to hear from you. So that's what I have today, Coach. Thanks. Okay, that's good. And I, I don't know if JR is in there same text asking to come in because Rob Pugh wrote about Natural Family Month uh, as well. And uh, uh, I think, I think, I think it's spot on. Is JR, are you in, are you, did you, you able to join us here? It's my fault. I didn't give I didn't give him enough notice. The idea being, folks, and there's something down the road that we probably ought to think about trying to make happen. Why wouldn't every June, or as Jim says, from Mother's Day to Father's Day, why wouldn't we celebrate Natural Family Month? Why do we let the homos have their own freaking month and do all that kind of stuff and we sit back and don't do anything? What if we began to really once again promote the natural family? And as JR would say, the natural family is one biological man, one biological woman, and a monogamous, a lifetime long, lifelong monogamous relationship. Right? And they're natural born and adopted children, a natural family. To bring that back into the consciousness of people that if you're married and you have children, that's natural. <laughs> you're normal. You're not the freaks, right? And so what, we, what we've allowed that to happen in the good old U.S. of A. is we've allowed the freaks to they take over everything. Transgender day and homo day. and uh, You get it, right? So I think this is something that's probably worthy, worthy of some thought about how we could come up with it. In fact, one of the themes I wanted to, as I was, as I was preparing today, uh, we got we to do something. We're going to do, hang on, Jeff, I'll be right with you. Mike, I'll be right with you. Let me, let me wiggle over here a minute. Folks, our government is totally and completely gone. You, you, you know that, right? We know now that, that after the Durham report, we know how wicked the government is. We know that the Luciferians are clearly in control of our government. Does anybody want, anybody want to argue that? 
that the idea of a Republican Congress and a and a uh, uh, Democrat Congress and that that's all facade. Those got those people are not in control. They're not in control, right? How do I know? Well, the Supreme Court. For years and years and years, they told us since 1973 that a woman had a constitutional right to kill a baby. And then the Supreme Court says, no, no, they don't. And what is what has the Republican Congress done? They haven't done anything, right? So they kick it back to the states. And what's going on in Ohio? Well, they're still murdering babies. They haven't stopped killing babies at all. And not only have they not stopped killing babies, the Luciferians are working on legislation to legalize the killing of babies. And we don't do anything. We don't, we don't do anything. I think part of the problem is we're overwhelmed. What do we do? What do we do? Get our elected officials in there. They won't carry our water for us, right? So I, th- I think we need to become a little bit more. We do a lot of stuff here, right? We, but we need to be a little bit more solutions-oriented. We need to look down the road a little bit and see where this thing's gone and say, no, no, not on my watch, baby. Not on my watch. I got to show you this just so you know what we're dealing with. And then, then I'm going to open it up and let you all come roll in there. Pull up the terrorist list. Terrorist list. We now know, folks, that the FBI, the FBI is, is under control of the Luciferians. We now know that. You, y'all get that? Huh? The Durham report revealed that the FBI made up, made up uh, uh, Russiagate. Hillary was behind it all. None of that. And not only did they list all the people that did it, uh, he didn't charge anybody. He said, yep, they did it. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. <laughs> yeah. They, by the way, that's treason. They stole They stole a rightfully elected president. They tampered with an American election. And we don't care. Oh, we care when we show up to Washington, D.C. to divide, try to voice our disagreement with it. And what happens? Well, that same Luciferian power-controlled government comes down on us and locks our guys up in jail, right? They're not locking up all those congressmen that lied to us. They're not locking them up. They're locking us up, right? So the, the American government is our enemy. It's our enemy. Now, look at this. Deadly serious. Here's the D- Department of Homeland Security list. You might be a terrorist if, are you ready? Start to scroll down there, Spence. You get down there a long way, going down, keep going. It starts, listen, going down, going down, going down, going down. Here they are. Keep going. Here, here you are. Okay. You might be a terrorist. This is according to the FBI watch list. Okay, make this a little bit bigger. You're considered a terrorist if you're one of those that talk about individual liberties or those that advocate for states' rights or those that want to make the world a better place or the colonists who sought to free themselves from British rule. If you're talking about this kind of stuff, you're, you're a terrorist. You're a threat. Those that are interested in defeating the communists, those that believe that the interests of one's own nation are separate from the interests of other nations or the common interests of other nations. This is in their documents, folks. These are the government's circulated documents in the intelligence agency, right? Anyone that holds a political ideology that considers the state to be unnecessary, harmful, or undesirable. We are the enemy, folks. We're the enemy. Anyone that possesses an intolerance towards other religions. How about those that take action to fight against the exploitation of the environment or animal tin, anti-gay, anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim, the Patriot Movement, opposition to equal rights for gays and lesbians, members of the Family Research Council, members of the American Family Association, members of Coach Dave Live. No, it doesn't say that because we don't have members here. Those that believe that Mexico, Canada, and the United States are secretly merging 
members of the American Border Patrol, members of the Federation American. Folks, these are the enemies of the government. This is what the governments tell us. The militia movement, the sovereign citizen movement, those that don't think they should have to pay taxes, anyone that complains about bias, anyone that believes in government conspiracy to the point of paranoia, anyone's frustrated with mainstream ideologies, anyone that visits extreme websites, visiting a website, anyone that establishes blogs to extremist views, anyone that attends rallies, anyone that exhibits extreme religious intolerance, anyone that is personally connected with your agreements, anyone that suddenly acquires weapons, anyone organizes protests, militia, unorganized militia, right-wing extremists, citizens that have bumper stickers that are patriotic or anti-UN, those that refer to an army of God, those that are fiercely nationalistic, those that are anti-global, those that are suspicious of centralized federal authority, those that are reverent of individual liberty, those that believe in conspiracy theories, Anyone that's anti-abortion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone that's anti-Catholic, anyone that's anti-nuclear, right-wing extremists, returning veterans, those that are concerned about illegal immigration, those that believe in the right to bear arms, anyone that's engaged in ammunition stockpiling, anyone exhibits fear of communist regimes, anti-abortion activists, those that are, anybody see Antifa here anywhere? Huh, anybody, huh, any, anybody that displays a Gadsden flag, don't tread on me. Those that believe in end-time prophecies. And, <laughs> evangelist Christians. Hey, boys and girls, this is real. Okay? This is real. And this is what, this is what we're looking for, looking at, looking down the road. And uh, this is what's going to happen to our children and our grandchildren. So we have got to come up with some kind of plan other than the rapture. I hope it comes. But we're going to have to come up with some other plan other than that, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. How do we, we are kind of organized, but what should we be pushing towards? And why are so many of us allowing so few of them to push us around? Jeff, come on in. But we'll be going to the square this Saturday. To be oh, you're a, damn ter- you're a damn terrorist. You're going to be a terrorist on the square. So, you know, Coach, and what I've done is I'm going to quit standing across the street. I'm going in on the square. I just go right in where they're at. And it's like crazy. But then JR asked us also to get a whole, I'm going to go to our mayor, City of Mount Vernon, and present this information for the family month. He just got, Pastor Matt was on his show last Saturday for, was going to be five or 10 minutes. He got, he did a whole hour. So then they talked that night for about an hour. Matt's church is on board. He's promoting in the church. telling everybody go to that website. We need to get involved with this. So we're going to get a hold of some pastors and why wouldn't they? So, and if they don't, then we'll go back and ask them, why would you not? I mean, that's something simple they could do. So we'll reach the, reach out to the mayor and he knows me. He'll be like, Oh, you're a terrorist. But then if he doesn't want to do it, I'm going to ask him, why not mayor? So we're going one o'clock Saturday in the square here in Mount Vernon. Anybody locally wants to join us? Our, our, our good friend, uh, uh, terrorist John Brockall, told me something very, very profound. He said, never tell them not to be afraid of you. Hey, friends, they're already afraid of you anyway. And the last thing we should tell them is don't be afraid of us. Amen. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. They ought to be afraid, and they're not. Mike McKee. Hey, Coach, uh, this is kind of off the back of the subject of original conversation. Do you have any prognosis on your granddaughters, what caused all this? Uh, No. 
No, she, oh. yeah, I, I, we think her immune system is a little bit. Who knows what, right? Who knows? She gets. Uh, she has. She maybe has some asthma. We don't. I don't see. I don't like to repeat that because I don't want to call into into fact what we don't know. But she, yeah, she has some little immune system issues. I think she's a sweet little thing. She's brave. Uh, just continue to pray for little Scarlet. Thanks, Mike. I I don't know. Can I tell you the truth? Those girls, those those young nurses. It's all women. Those young nurses that are taking care of those little babies are so loving and caring. It's unbelievable. But can I tell you what else? They follow doctor's orders. (laughs) I'm just telling you. And I I said to one of them, one that's just against sweet man, loving our little grandbaby like it was theirs, right? Hugging her, patting her on the back, holding her. And I said, what do you guys do when you think maybe the doctor's wrong? You'd think I'd cut the cheese, man. You don't question those guys in those white coats. And that's why we have made sure that we do not leave her alone ever with anybody there. And everything they get ready to do and everything they get ready to squirt and everything, somebody there says, wait a minute, what, what is that? What is that and what does that do? Amen, Coach. Because we know this has happened over and over. As Scott, Scott told us last week, Gracie's dad, they did it when they weren't there. So I was there nine hours yesterday. My son went there, slept there last night, right beside her in his bed. He got up this morning, went to work, and Scarlett's other grandpa is going on this morning at nine. He's going to be there till one o'clock. Then Michelle's going to go. Michelle's going to be there from one o'clock till whenever. And then there's somewhere we will never leave her alone in that hospital. You just can't, friends. You just can't. Because as Dr. Sherry Tenpenny told me, they just follow orders. They just follow orders. They don't think. They don't. That's a good conversation with them about, about it. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to make this about me. Sorry. Sorry. Joe Allen, come on in. Well, here's a little synopsis of, of the two segments that you just did. We're going through a mass exodus, a second exodus of the churches. The yes. second one is they're trying to destroy our constitution. That's Folks, a list of all our constitution there. Folks, can I say this? I'm not I'm not afraid to say this, okay? I think the law I, I think I think some of this church's closing would be a good thing. Would somebody anybody want to argue that point? I think the opportunity is unbelievable for those of us who really, really are, have great fidelity to the Lord. It's an opportunity for us to step to the plate and invite people over to our house and show videos. Look, look, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, A seminary trained pastor, he may be good in hermeneutics and he may be good in all that fancy stuff they teach you in in, uh, cemetery. But for the most part, guys come out of the cemetery aren't worth a hoot in hell as far as personal faith relationship Empower Christ. Anybody want to agree with this? I don't care. Amen. I don't care. So uh, I think that what we went through with, remember all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and called according to his purpose. I think the closing down of churches during COVID was a good thing in a funny sort of way. 
I think it's a good thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of people were exposed. So um, instead, coach, coaches against churches. No, I'm not. I'm not. Against, not at all. Gather together. We gather together even more. Get together. Find like-minded folks and get together. Build relationships. Build relationships. Build relationships with people that you know that you can pick up the phone and call if you need prayer. I got a list right now on my phone. I said, we need to pray for Joe Silver, and I send that to everybody, and the, I, we have a note. We don't even have that in our churches, folks. That isn't even in our churches. So we are the ecclesia, the called out one. That's the way I see it. And I've just encouraged more of you to, uh, uh, to try to do the same thing. Mark Trump, go on in, Mark. So the churches are going to start closing, Coach, because there's got to be Catholic churches for all these immigrants. <laughs> Do you think they're going to close a bunch of Catholic cathedrals being run by the friggin' Vatican? They don't have authority over the Catholic church. It's true. So whenever the Christian church gets outed by their own complacency and lack of interest in Jesus Christ, it's going to be filled with Catholics. Remember, I, 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 I see it coming because where do they go? 87,000 came across in one week or something, Coach. More than that, 870,000. Yeah, where do they go? Because, Mark, it is true. They do believe in Christ, uh, Jesus Christos. They believe in Jesus Christ. Catholic, how many out here, the ones coming across the border, probably are raised in the Christian Catholicism, probably. They probably believe in the same God. They probably don't know him, but they're Christian-based, I think. Now, voters. I, pardon me? Voters. Voters. They're voters. <laughs> the Democrat voters, right? <laughs> well said, man. Well said, well said. Hey, friends, look, I get myself in trouble a lot because I call out, I speak against the Catholics. Do you want me to take some time? And speak against the Methodists? You want me to take some time and do that? I can do that. You want me to take some time and speak against the Pentecostals? I, I can do that. But it just happens about 26% of, uh, of American Christianity is Catholic. And there's a lot of fallacies, things that aren't true, that the Catholic Church is teaching. I have no problem with Catholics. I have no problem. I don't. I don't. I, no more of a problem than I have with some Methodist who's for gay rights and voting Democrat. We're, we're equal opportunity offenders here. It's only the truth that will set us free. And if you get mad because I point out something that's true, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I used to be a Catholic. As far as I know, I still am. I don't think they threw me out. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been six weeks since my last confession. I can still do that. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed fruit. I can say that over and 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 over. Or I could open my heart, lay my hands on my granddaughter, and pray over her with the Holy Spirit of God. I'd rather do the second than the first. Sorry. Neil, go ahead. Come on in, Neil. This priest must have been a prophet because 20 years ago a Catholic priest told me that. Uh, in the not-too-distant future, the Catholic Church will be stronger than ever, and the Mass will be said in Spanish. <laughs> no kidding. Well, 
Well, they're coming over, and Mark Trump was right. Uh, see, it's all about, uh, the devil's all about chaos, isn't he, folks? Chaos, disorder, disorder. So what better than to bring a bunch of people over here who don't know anything about America, really, don't understand liberty and freedom at all, really, give them free handouts, make them think how great America is, and have a generation of kids who've been raised in government schools who don't know right from wrong either. But we got us a mess, don't we? So it comes back to what I, where I started at the beginning. What are we going to do about it, right? Because I got, a, I got a little granddaughter laying in children's hospital. And she's going to get out. And I want her to have some type of, I want her to have some type of life. Lauren, come on in. Can I pray for your granddaughter? Oh, please do. Yeah, yeah. Her name's Scarlett. Right. Um, Father, we come before you now. And you know his grandfather's heart. You know, Scarlett, you weaved her together in her mother's womb. You know every part of her. This infirmity that she has, Lord God, we ask you, it it bows to you, Lord Jesus. The, The doctors, Lord God, I'm asking you to give them wisdom that comes from heaven, that they obey you, not this world, Amen. not their training, and that you download to them and to their parents, to Scarlett's parents, and to her, that you fill that room with ministering angels, and we call upon the name that is above all name, Jesus, the great physician. The balm of Gilead will be, will be right now as we come together in unity with one voice, healing with the blood of Jesus from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, into every cell, every nerve ending, into her lungs, into her heart. And Lord God, when she comes, when this is over, Lord God, she's going to praise you because it's never going to come back. We declare and decree and we come into the courts of heaven because we're your kids. Amen. And you said we can go home anytime we want. And that's how important prayer is. Jesus, you shed your blood. Brother, you said, you shed your blood in Gethsemane, and we're in Gethsemane right now. You covered prayer with your blood. That's how important it was. The first drops of blood that you shed were for prayer and covering us. So, Lord God, you covered Scarlet before Dave even knew his granddaughter was coming. You love her so much more than they do. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to do what you do best, to comfort. We call upon your word that says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, that you will comfort Scarlett and her family and her mama. And the Holy Spirit, that's your name. You're called the comforter. And you're going to reveal the truth at the root of what's going on here. And we're going to praise you, and we're going to have a praise celebration when she's healed. Because the hosts of heaven, Lord God, have been sent to minister to her, just like she was ministered, you you got ministered to in Gethsemane, Jesus. You will protect her from all evil, and no harm will come to her. And she's going to be a woman raised for you, to praise you and glorify you. And best of all, she gets to get hugged and loved by Dave and Michelle and her parents and her family, because she is so loved and so precious in your sight. Mm-hmm. I thank you for this and what you're going to do. And there will be a testimony that will overcome because of the blood of the lamb. You, Jesus. Thank you. 
Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me Amen. thank you, Lauren. Let me let me drop this in on you. That's just this is crazy. This is crazy. Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio is called uh, Nationwide Children's Hospital. Nationwide's a big insurance company. <clears throat> so they're the sponsor, whatever. Nationwide Children's Hospital. But one of the largest wings of Nationwide Children's Hospital. Are you sitting down? You sitting down? One of the largest rings, <laughs> wings, is called the Abigail Wexner Center. Now, I don't know if anybody knows what the Wexner name means, but Les Wexner, Victoria's Secrets, uh, he is, he's the one that funded Jeffrey Epstein, Les Wexner. Anybody picking up what I'm laying down? And to understand child trafficking and everything that goes on with that, that that hospital, boy, they got their hooks deep into that, don't they? And I, I feel icky every time I walk in there, but I, I appreciate what you said, Laura, and they're, they're great at what they do. But uh, they put their name on Children's Hospital for a reason other than children, if you, want, <laughs> if you know where I'm going with that. Come on in, Roger. Oh, I was just going to add that it is my understanding that our nationwide Children's Hospital with the Abigail Wexner wing is one of the proponents, leading proponents of child mutilation. The they are, area. brother. They are yeah. very much in the forefront. So what do they do, man? They infiltrate and take over, don't they? Right under our eyes. We, we don't we don't get, because boys and girls, money talks. Don't, don't ever forget that. Money talks. Myra, come on in. And then Jeff and Randy. Go, Myra. I'm, yes, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm all over the place today. I'm just a little bit distracted today. Yes, Coach. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. Thank you, Laura, for the beautiful prayer. Yes, and I'm glad Rochelle was able to make it in to the huddle. And in regard to um, JR's initiative, initiative with Natural Family, and uh, what Mel and Jeff and Paulie Roger Weaver is going to talk about too, or um, it's with the family. Uh, we have Psalm 68, 6 to 7 for Spencer. Psalm 68, 6 to 7. Thank you. And it reads God set of the solitary in families, He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Mm. Oh God, when thou wendest forth before thy people, when thou didst march through the wilderness, Selah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Coach. God's, I, Lord wins. Uh, Lord wins, folks, <laughs> for sure. Randy, come in, then Jeff. Let's go, Randy. Coach, we need to realize this, and we need to practice this, and it's this. If God is judging the religious system, which the church falls under, the fake church, if God is judging the the health systems, the hospitals, the doctors, and all this system, which he is, that we fall under and we practice and be a part of, if God is judging the uh, the legal system, which he is, and it's all going, you know, everything attached to these systems, coach, is going to fall. It's going to go down. So to the to the point we're in those systems, it's Babylon. That, that is the very degree that we will fall in our own life and we will be judged accordingly. So 
God is giving us time, coach, to get out of these systems. Either, and I'm talking about all of them as you see them, as God, as the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. So how, how much can we really pray and ask God to bless us if we are part of that system? He can't. He's, he's already had it's in motion, coach. He can't just stop it and say, well, uh, I, I see my little kids down here and I want to take care of them. But, you, um, you know, I'm sorry. He's he is judging these systems. He's bringing them to naught and he's going to bring up a new one in place of it. And when that's the ones we need to be pushing and being part of. Amen. Including Amen. I, I saw somebody so I'm talking about our health coach. We have to take back our health. We have to be responsible. We have to start getting the right things like Brian Cunningham's part of that. Many of us are part of frequencies. We got to get serious about this and quit talking. We are hypocrites. We're talking out of one side of our mouth and we're doing something out of the other side. We have to practice what we're seeing and what God's given us now because the time's running out. I'm telling you, the, the, the heavy wrath hasn't even got here yet. It hasn't even. Right. So I, I, I agree. So that's why I said that's kind of where I started this morning. We got we to gotta come up with some type of a plan here, don't we, friends? <laughs> come up with some type of plan to occupy. We're not doing a real good job of it. And clearly, it looks like... Uh, the clergy isn't going to lead it, so let's lead it our own. Let's do it right where we are. Let's let's begin to push back and make a difference right the heck where we are. And I had somebody said something to me. Be right there, Jeff. Hang on. Somebody said on a comment, you know, I posted the other day on Facebook about uh, can you be a Mason and be a Christian? And somebody posted something, and I thought, wow. It made me go, wow. And here's what it is. Are you ready? Can you be part of a denomination? And be a Christian. So let that sink in a minute. If you make an oath to be a Baptist, and the only time you do is you go from Baptist church to Baptist church to Baptist church to Baptist church, isn't that cult-like as well? When you say, y'all, we're Lutherans. Lutheran, we go to Lutheran. We're What's the difference? A person asked me, what's the difference between that and being a Mason? Oh, you're a Mason? Well, I'm a Lutheran. What? Yeah, I'm a Lutheran. What's that? Uh, we're a denomination. Well, that's what we are, the Masonic. We're just a denomination of Christianity. Huh? Wow. Good thought, isn't it? Jeff, come on in. Coach, you talk about Children's Hospital, and they have ties to the Planned Parenthood and the gender stuff to kids. Yes. Well, Mount Vernon Schools now has the Children's Hospital Clinic in there this year for the first time, have their own room, the school, Melbourne school got $6 million to bring it in. Now, all of a sudden, I heard through a woman that talked with the superintendent of Mount Vernon, Mr. Bill Cedar. Now he's got concerns. Well, I think they didn't tell us the truth on stuff. Yeah, so that's a camel's nose under the tent, didn't they, Jeff? Yeah. And so now I'm going to get me an appointment, another appointment with Mr. Bill Cedar and go ahead and talk to him about it. Yeah. We tried to tell him. Well, see, here's the, here's the problem, right? They have no fear of us. And not only do they have no fear of the body of Christ, there isn't an organized body of Christ. I, I keep coming back to the same thing, don't I? Come, we, think how many people we have that are on our team, and we let those other guys just kick our ass. <laughs> the, the homos are they're just running us up one side and down the other. They got a whole month to celebrate homo, and we can't even get a month to celebrate family. <laughs> Because if you do, you want to do that, oh, now you're bigoted, and oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. 
<clears throat> Folks, how can, how can you be the salt of the earth and not be involved in politics? Can somebody explain that one to me? Angie, come on in. I appreciate all my you name. do. Hey, Angie, I appreciate all you do. Oh, man. I'll tell you, I got home late. I was out with my friend Amy Kissinger up in Guernsey County, talking to the Guernsey County Republican Club up there and teaching yeah. them about the, <laughs> well, she, she labeled my thing. She goes, demystifying the county central committee. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to really work on that one. But so it, we had a really good meeting. We had about almost, uh, I would say almost 30 people out there learning how to do local politics in their local county party and being involved in central committee and what that looks like. But really what I wanted to talk about was um, what Jeff was talking about with this these um children's hospitals putting these clinics you know school nurses should have been enough you need you have a headache you you go to the school nurse and you get an aspirin or a tylenol or whatever but mm. it's not and we are they're pushing it in um hawking county to get one of these clinics there as well and when we went to the school board meeting we asked them they said you know we're, they were talking about this i'm like wait a minute is, is this affiliated with children's hospital and the school board at that time this was last june they were like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, I'll bet they are. So, of yeah. course, I went and I did some research on my own. And of course, I found out, yes, it is. It is absolutely affiliated with Children's Hospital. Now, as somebody who was raised in that system as a nurse, okay, and I've watched the evolution of that entire mm. healthcare ideology evolve, especially over the last um, decade, okay, that is not there to work in partnership with parents i'm going to tell you yeah that is there to to continue to work to usurp parental um information yes yes yeah to insert you know to usurp these rights of parents so that if a kid wants to come to them and talk about reproductive stuff they don't have to involve the parents if yeah. they want to talk about these transgender things, which is really where they're going with this, because I, yeah. I, yeah. I personally know of an, a, a physician at Children's that told me in a conference room that said one of his goals was to be known nationally for transgender wow. stuff. Yeah. Okay, so this this is not these things. These clinics going in are not about giving your giving your kids uh, aspirin or an aerosol or you know any other medical type treatment. It is about literally looking and reaching out at the psychological, mental stuff that they're they've been they're getting the hooks in us angie that's what they're doing getting their their hooks in us amen amen hey real quickly rochelle just before i bring you in spencer pull up uh exit the who because uh uh, rochelle sent this to me yesterday i've just been busy haven't gotten around to it folks this would be a good thing for all of us to do put this in the chat it's a petition for to get us the hell out of the who W-H-O, something to be very, very simple. Go to the top, tells you, tells you just, it's so easy at a glance. Here's what we're doing. And all you got to do is give them your name and your email address. Yes, they'll accumulate address. I get all that. But they're going to try to put bring pressure on our representatives to get out of the World Health Organization because the World Health Organization is the one that's driving all of this vaccinations. Is that right, Paul? The W-H-O? The WHO is an enemy of freedom. Would you agree with that, Dr. Paul? I thought it was the DOD. <laughs> well, they're all in cahoots. Those, all those yeah, they agencies. are. It's the government, three-letter yeah, agencies. WHO is the World Health Organization. In other words, those kooks over in Afghanistan are going to be telling us what to do, right? All right? So this would be really easy for you to do. Put it in the chat. Just go give them your name. Say, get us out of the WHO. Come on in, Rochelle. Thanks for putting that up, Coach. Um, 
that was what I wanted to bring up. I was kind of thinking, I was kind of trying to tie that into Mel's idea for an action um, for family month, because as all of you know, the who is totally anti-family. They want to sexualize our children. Um, they want the LBGTQ whatever agenda is way up on, on, I mean, I'm looking right now at one of their webpage. It says finding common ground, uh, parliaments, prioritize comprehensive sexuality education. This is on the who's website. They want they don't want to teach them how to read and write. They want to teach them how to anyway. Um, yep. It's really easy. If you go to that page, it's super easy. You don't even have to know your representative. Um, you just plug in your info. They send the emails for you to your people. You don't have to do anything. And then there's instructions on there. If you do want to do anything more, how to co- other people you can contact very easy. Well put together. Thanks coach. Amen. Thanks, Rochelle. Thank you. I got a couple few minutes left here. Spencer, uh, bring up uh, one generation away. Just a quick, quick little video here. Just some guy out in the field. We got to think about this. I, I, I was realized yesterday as I was in there and I was holding little Scarlet, and we have ten grandbabies. Not to brag, but we do. And uh, realizing how dependent they how how dependent they are on us. And that they're, they're, they're living, little Scarlet is living in a culture and a society that has no reflection, semblance of what you and I grew up in. None. None. And it's the obligation of each one of us generationally. Tells us in Psalm 78, quickly, maybe you can pull that up there for me, Psalm 78. The pattern that God laid out for us, Psalm 78. Give here, all my people, and incline your ears to the words of the Lord. And open my mouth in a parable, which we've known and our fathers, our fathers have told us. Our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Because he established a testimony in Jacob and an appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make those laws and testimonies known to their children. And that the generation to come might know them. What? Those laws under the point of, they should know them. And that they'll teach them even to their children which should be born, who should arise and then declare it to their children. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And might not be, as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast steadfast with God. And the children of Ephraim, the children of America in 2023, being armed and carrying the gospel, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God. And they refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zone. He divided the seas, caused them to pass through it, made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud. Are we teaching these things to our children? No, no. Psalm 78, put it in the chat. You need to read that. Go ahead and play that one generation away. Did we get ready, everybody? Man, I hope so. It's time for a little chit-chat. Uh, for those who are 
that may need it. I'm gonna make a little bit of room inside my flask. Uh, see if it gets filled up after this chit chat. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. As far as I can tell, there is a direct correlation between the legislation against individual liberty as it directly relates to firearms and legislation that makes drug use not be criminalized at all. Now, bear with me as I, as I also admit that there are a multitude of other variables um, that interconnect and, and that weave in. Like this whole thing called life is this crazy spider web and you pull on one string and you know, it sends shock waves in different ways throughout the rest of the way, throughout the rest of the uh, web. And I can't sit here and tell you that these two are the only factors, they're the biggest factors, or that even that there is a causation between the two and what we see in our society around us. But, You know, looking back, you know, it, it, for me, it's easy to say like the back 20 years because I'm thinking back to 1980, but man, that's not true. We're getting old. Um, but even legitimately just the past 20 years, you know, there's a stark rise in legislation banning guns here in this state where we're at. Man, they're, they're basically criminalizing any form of purchasing, using, carrying firearms, while at the same time, at the sa exact same day, they failed to do anything that would criminalize drug possession. What kind of drugs? Drugs. My wife jokes sometime that uh, she wishes it was 1980-something. Sometimes I wish it was, too. Of course, if it was, we wouldn't have this kind of dialogue and connection, but I tell you, the next few years are going to be absolutely, absolutely crazy. And as far as I can tell, one of the worst things that I think this country could end up having is a rematch, if you will, for election, for who's going to become president. Because I think no matter who loses, that side is going to absolutely lose their mind, and it's going to be redonkulous so we need to continue to to stay strong we need to continue to stay safe and continue to master our craft let me know what you think down in the comments below team
Team, if you want to mash your crap. Well, hang on. So listen. So 1980, it just hit me. 1980 is a 40, 43 years ago. That's a whole generation, folks. What are, what's, what's it going to be like in 19, uh, do my math, 80, uh, 2066, uh, what's it going to be like? 63. 63, thank you, right? Huh? We got to come up with a plan, man. <laughs> a generation is 20 years. I agree with you, man. I, it's crazy. Hey, thanks for bearing with me today. It's just, my mind's been kind of fried, kind of mostly fried here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for helping care this morning. Bless you. See you, see you tomorrow.